0: The New York Giants class of 2023 is complete, and what a class it was. We're going to break down the seven picks made by General Manager Joe Shane, coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina. Welcome to a special weekend edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. The New York Giants and NFL just completed a three-day draft marathon. And oh, what a draft for the New York Giants. I'm so excited to talk about it today with you guys and gals. And we'll continue talking about the draft all this week as I Line up guests to come on and give me their perspectives, including hopefully some of the college hosts that we have over on the Locked On College Network who know these draft picks as well as anybody. So that's all coming up on the Locked on Giants podcast. But for first, we've got some business to take care of today, and that is my opinions on the Giants class of 2023. And this episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is being brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code ON in all caps in the game. All right, Giant fans, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about the Giants three-day draft. Um, I'm going to take round one. In this segment, then rounds two and three in segment two, and then four through seven in the final segment. But I have to first tip my hat to Joe Shane here, folks. First off, some one of the predictions I had made going into this draft was I didn't think the Giants were going to keep all of their draft picks, and they didn't. Trader Joe was moving up the board, He moved up in the first round, he moved up in the second round. Uh, I'm sorry, the third round. Did a great job of being aggressive. And, you know, that's what I really like about this general manager. You know, all too often in the past, the Giants would just sit by passively and hope that the player they wanted would fall down to them because they were reluctant to part with draft picks. Draft picks were like gold to them. Not this GM, folks. This is not your grandfather's GM. This guy, when he knows what he wants, he's going to go and get it. And he's going to be aggressive about it. So kudos to him for making moves in this draft. And I'm just absolutely uh, giddy about this draft. I really, really like it. Okay, spoiler alert, I just gave you my, my feelings about the whole draft. But let's break it down, starting with the first-round draft pick. The first-round draft pick, cornerback Deontay Banks of Maryland. All right, the Giants traded up one spot from 25 to 24. They swapped out with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars to get Deontay Banks of Maryland. Now, I like this pick. Banks was actually one of the guys I had mocked to the Giants. I think I had him mocked in, I want to say it was the Locked On Host uh, mock draft. It was either that one or or the mock draft that I might've done here on the Locked On Giants podcast. I know he was one of my picks. So let's talk about the trade-up first off. A lot of people said to me, my gosh, Pat, why did they have to trade up one spot to get Deontay Banks. Well, folks, the trade actually um, did a couple things. Number one, it prohibited whoever was maybe planning up to get planning to jump ahead of the Giants to get Banks. It stopped them because for the price of one of their fifth round picks and one of their three seventh round picks, uh, picks one sixty and two forty, the Giants were able to move up and. In the process, like I said, get rid of a couple of picks, which, by the way, is going to help their salary cap situation a little bit. So, um, you know, the Giants, they're in cap hell right now. Uh, again, they're, they're, they've got to clear some space out. But we could talk about that another day um, regarding the cap situation. But anyway, the Giants moved up to get Deontay Banks. Right thing to do for them because apparently they were concerned that maybe somebody might come up to get him. Um, I know a lot of people said to me, well, why didn't they, you know, just sit tight because they would have had their choice of banks or Joey Porter jr. Clearly folks, they didn't have as high a grade on Joey Porter jr. As they did on banks. So here's the thing. Um, The giants going into this draft needed to beef up the cornerback spot. This was a very deep class of cornerbacks. And you've heard me say on this program, if you've listened to me before and are an everydayer, Um, You have heard me say that if the Giants want to close the gap with the Eagles and with the Cowboys, they've got to add speed on the back end of the defense. With Banks, they've added some speed. Now, ultimately, I think what's going to happen at the cornerback spot is for this year, it's going to be Adoree Jackson and Deontay Banks as your starters, With maybe Aaron Robinson moving into the slot to compete with Darnay Holmes. I never understood why the Giants moved uh, Aaron Robinson out from the slot to the outside. I guess they did so maybe because of his height and his length, and they thought maybe he could handle it on the outside. Really wasn't a good fit in retrospect. You know, and this was before the injury he happened. So now they've got, you know, Deontay Banks uh, coming in there, and they should be set this year at the cornerback spot if those two guys stay healthy. So like I said, now you have some guys that compete for the slot cornerback position. Holmes who's entering the final year of his deal and who, by the way, if he doesn't make the roster, the giants can save about 2.9 million in salary cap space. Um, or like I said, uh, if it's Robinson who's tall and he can match up better with some of those bigger slot receivers, even better. So, we'll keep an eye on how that plays out, but I really like this banks pick. Um, There was no question in my mind that they were going to go cornerback. I know in my last mock draft that I did on giants country, I, I contemplated receiver, but really, you know, that was just a different scenario. I I thought all along it was going to be cornerback. That's what it was. Um, I didn't think they would trade up to get a cornerback. I thought maybe they would trade back, but they got their man. And, the cornerback position is that much better now that they've added Deontay Banks or or he likes to be called Tay Banks, I guess. So um, what do I grade the pick? Well, I'm reluctant to give grades without seeing these guys, but let's just say I really like that pick and I'm not going to give a grade yet because it's just not there to give an A, B, C or D or an F, but I like the pick. I like the fact that they moved up that they, you know, didn't have to spend a whole lot to get to, to move up. Kudos to Joe Shane and staff on that pick. All right. Coming up next, the pick that made my night, you know what I'm talking about giant fans. If you've been watching me again, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. We're going to talk about round two coming up next, right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you think you have what it takes to run your own draft, pick your own players and coaches and build a franchise into a dynasty, then you need to try Ultimate Football GM. This game is so much fun, and best of all, you can play it offline and compete with your friends for bragging rights. And did I mention that Ultimate Football GM is completely free to play and that Locked On Giants listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store? So what are you waiting for? Find Ultimate Football GM in the App Store or visit ultimate-gm.com. And don't forget that promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get your free boost. Ultimate football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Lock On Giants podcast. We are talking Giants 2023 draft. Love it. Love it. And one of the reasons why I love it is because Joe Shane actually listened to me. He actually tuned into the Lock On Giants podcast, heard my pleas to get a pure center. Okay, maybe not. Maybe he didn't tune in. I, I mean, look, the man's very busy. When's he going to have time to tune in to the Locked On Giants podcast to listen to me? And why would he listen to me? After all, I mean, you know, he he's respectful towards me, but you know, I don't I don't do what he does for a living. I don't sit and watch film twenty four seven and go out on the road and scout like he does. But look, it was painfully obvious the Giants needed. A center. And I've argued this point so many times here on the podcast that if you're going to build around Daniel Jones, yeah, build up his skill position players, which they did, but also address the offensive line. And when Joe Shane said it is pre-draft presser that they had guys that could play center, no disrespect to the man, but I knew that was just a bluff. There was just no way I could see the Giants going into this draft. And, and not taking a center. I mean, I would have been really, really disappointed. Well, they took a center. And it just so happened that the center that they, that they took, they didn't have to move to get. Because John Michael Schmitz of Minnesota fell right to them. And gosh, who saw that coming, right? I mean, uh, Schmitz was probably ranked by most draft analysts as the best center on the board. But ironically, he wasn't the first center off the board. Joe Tippmann of Wisconsin went to the Jets first. No big deal. Giants had Schmitz and Tippmann, I believe, on their board anyway. So I think if if Schmitz had gone, Tippmann might have been the, the choice had, you know, he'd still been on the board. But they got John Michael Schmitz. And John Michael Schmitz, according to a lot of draft analysts who do this for a living, They feel that he is the most NFL ready out of all the centers. And, you know, just looking at Schmitz, there's just something about him. And you old timers are going to know who I'm I'm talking about. But there's something about him that reminds me a lot of Bart Oates, who was the great center the Giants had in the 1980s, anchored that offensive line for the Super Bowl 1986 team and uh, a few teams after that. Something about Schmitz, just the intelligence, the the ability to make calls. But here's the thing that I like most about this pick, besides the player himself. Daniel Jones now has a guy that he can get on the same page with, that he can grow old with in this offense, and he doesn't have to start all over every year with a new center, which is what he's had to do time and time again. I mean, I just never understood the logic behind that. A lot of people say, oh, you know, Daniel Jones, the Giants didn't help him out. True. They didn't help him out with um, quality receivers, um, quality skill position players. The offensive line was a mess, but nobody ever really talked about the fact that he had a revolving door at center. So now he has a potential long term center there. And here's the other thing, folks. Last year, the center position, There was way too much pressure coming up the gut. And so with Schmitz, he's got a little bit better of of an anchor, a little bit more ferocious streak. I'm curious to see how well he does, but I have a feeling those leaks up the gut might be significantly reduced. So my fingers are crossed that Schmitz is going to solve that problem. Really like this pick a lot you know, and, uh, you know, you throw in Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, who I think is going to be better, by the way, this year as the bookend tackles. I think they want uh, for Joshua Azudu to eventually be their left guard, though he's going to compete with Ben Bredesen, I'm sure, for the position. Mark Lewinsky will probably be the right guard for this year, but they do have, you know, other guys that they can plug in there. Jack Anderson, um, Marcus McKeithen, I think, can play guard. Uh, I believe Tyree Phillips can play some guard, but Guards, they got center, pure center. Now they got one. And I'm just absolutely thrilled that they finally, finally got a center. So that pick, I, I mean, if, if I were giving a grade, I think y'all know how I would grade that pick. All right. Let us talk about round, uh, round three. Wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt. So Jalen Hyatt, out of Tennessee. Now, this is a guy, interestingly, that had, um, a th- I believe, by some people thought he was going to be a first-round talent. Um, Hyatt slipped to the third round. Now, why he slipped, I don't know. There's all kinds of, you know, theories, conspiracies. You know, some people think that because he had the hamstring issue and couldn't fully work out at the combine. Maybe that was a concern. You know, maybe there was something in his medicals. I don't know, but regardless, here's a guy that apparently checked out for the giants, medically speaking, and a guy that they traded up to get. So the Giants swapping picks with um, the Los Angeles Rams at 73, um, A trade, by the way, that uh, Brian Dable apparently initiated, according to Joe Shane, who who spilled the tea in the uh, press conference after the day two was done. So they they, uh, moved up and uh, they had to give up their fourth round pick, which was one of their premium picks. All right. No big deal. Because Shane, again, hinted that he wasn't going to keep all seven pick or, or all 10 picks anyway. So they got themselves Hyatt, who is even though he played, you know, mostly in the slot at Tennessee, this is a guy they can move around like a chess piece. And the number one thing, if you go back to what Shane and Dable have said in the past about receivers is they want guys who can separate, who can get open. And with the Giants looking to add speed on the offensive side of the ball, remember this is an offense that last year was dead last big big play passes of 20 or more yards. So now they've got Darren Waller. They've got Paris Campbell. They've got Jalen Hyatt. All right, Darius Slayton is back. They've got speed, ladies and gentlemen. So if they're going to advance this passing game now to have Daniel Jones throw more passes deep down the field, they've got the, uh, the ammunition now to get these guys deep down the field, guys who can get open and make big play passes. So I really like this pick. Um, the big thing with Jalen Hyatt, I want to see obviously is, you know, how well is he as a, as a, as a blocker when he has to run block? Cause that is part of the receiver's job. But I think Hyatt is going to be one of those guys that they could just move around to different positions, whether he's an X or a Z, or he plays in, in the slot. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how, the coaching staff is going to deploy uh, Jalen Hyatt. All right, coming up next, day three. Some interesting picks in day three, including some depth picks. We'll talk about that coming up next. Hey, Giant fans, if you're like me and want to make a healthier snack choice, but don't want to compromise on taste, then you've got to try a Built Bar or Puff. These tasty treats are healthy and amazing with each bar or puff covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like eating a candy bar, but without all the fat, carbs, and sugar. With built Bars and Pups, you're getting a generous dose of protein in every serving. We're talking on average 17 grams, with most bars boasting about 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. And did you know that you don't have to wait for your box to ship from Built? Simply pop into your local Sam's Club or Walmart to pick up your box of assorted flavors and enjoy. You can thank me later. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Lock On Giants podcast, segment three. I'm Patricia Trainor, your host, and I'm running down the Giants class of 2023, the Giants making seven draft picks. And folks, what a draft class. I, I tell you, I tweeted this out while the draft was kind of still in progress, but at first blush, this draft class is probably um, – as strong as I can remember. I'd have to go back to 2007. That class, of course, you know, helping the Giants go on to win a Super Bowl, to recall a draft class this solid. Now, granted, it's on paper. This class hasn't played a single down yet in the NFL, but I really, really like the value that the Giants got. I like the approach they took, and I'm very, very excited to see how this class performs. I think they... They, they just, you know, the Joe Shane knocked this one out of the park, but of course, time will tell, um, you know, maybe the year or two I'll feel otherwise, but I really, really like this class. All right, let's talk about day number three, what the giants did on Saturday. So the giants had four picks on day three. They had a fifth rounder, a sixth rounder and two seventh rounders. Okay. I'm going to go out of order a bit here, um, I want to start with talking about the seventh round picks. Defensive lineman Jordan Riley of Oregon, who was the first of the seventh round picks, pick number 243 and defensive back Javarius Owens of Houston, pick number 254, the second of the two uh, seventh round picks. Folks, these two picks, as I see it, are depth pieces. They're developmental pieces. All right. Riley, um, productive at Oregon, but not really a whole lot of experience. I think he's going to be a guy that um, with a solid camp will probably end up on the practice squad. The giants have some depth on the defensive line to where they don't need this kid to really step in and, and play right away. They have obviously Joaquin Nunes, Rochez, um, a Sean Robinson behind Dexter Lawrence behind um, Leonard Williams. They also have on that defensive front, uh, Ryder Anderson, who's a guy that I know Wink Martindale really likes. So Riley, to me, is probably a uh, developmental project that um, will probably be on the practice squad. Same thing with Owens. I believe he converted from cornerback after the 2019 season, which would have been his first year at the, in the program. So he's still kind of learning the position. He's still learning angles and that sort of thing. But you know what? He's a hard-hitting box safety a good tackler um just needs to refine his feel for the position so i also think he's going to be a developmental prospect that maybe lands up on the practice squad so i don't hate the two picks you know basically you don't expect a whole lot from the seventh rounders but you never know sometimes you find a diamond in the rough who can come right in and and be an impactful player so we'll see if either one of those guys really you know Catches on and really, you know, accelerates his development through the next coming, through the upcoming months. All right. Let me uh, circle back now to pick uh, round five, pick number 172. That was running back Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure somewhere along the line of one of my mocks, I had Eric Gray. I mentioned Eric Gray as a guy I liked. Um, I like this pick. Eric Gray is, um, a good runner. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield. He can pass block. He is a, every down running back. Now, a lot of people, when, when uh, they picked Eric Gray, immediately said, Hey, what does this mean for Saquon Barkley? Just real quick, an update that we got from Joe Shane about Saquon Barkley is he had a conversation last week, Checked checked in on Barkley with his representative last week. They're going to circle back again. Now that, you know, once the draft, And the undrafted free agency part wraps up and they're going to decide based on feedback from Barkley's agent, what kind of offer of anything to put back on the table. So that sounds like it's going to ramp up again, hopefully, and hopefully they can reach a a multi-year agreement, although that remains to be seen if that happens. So Eric Gray, as I saw, the reason why I kept saying that the Giants needed to add a running back. It's because Barkley's future, if he ends up playing on the tag, which I think is going to be the case, he's not signed beyond this year. Matt Breida, the backup, is not signed beyond this year, which means if those two guys were to move on after this season, the Giants are left with Gary Brightwell and just Sean Corbin. Corbin having uh, really not played much. He's been on the practice squad all of last year for the most part. So you need some depth at the running back position, none, not to mention that the running back position is one where guys get beat up. So I'm not surprised the giants added to that spot. I like the pick of gray. Like I said, he's an every down back, a decent back. Um, I believe he, Oklahoma, he played for the, the Sooners. I think for one season, he cut, I want to say he was with North Carolina um previously I know he transferred over, but uh, very productive at the college level. So I really like that pick as a value pick uh, for the Giants in the fifth round. All right, let's go to the sixth round. The Giants double dip at cornerback, which which I thought might be the case. Again, this was a very deep cornerback class. And to me, it just made sense to double dip if the opportunity popped up. And they took Trey Hawkins the third out of Old Dominion with pick number 209. Now, admittedly, I didn't know a whole lot about uh, Trey Hawkins. Um, I didn't have him in any of my draft guides. I had to kind of scramble to find some stuff. But fortunately, um, Coach Gene Clemens, who I'm going to have on the show later this week, um, was able to come up with some information about uh hawkins and basically hawkins is a physical cornerback um, who actually has some experience at safety so i have to think that the versatility of being able to play safety and cornerback appealed to the giants you know i don't want to say kind of like the julian love role because julian love was pretty good at what he did but just you know when i saw the background on hawkins immediately i thought oh okay he's maybe the guy they're eyeing to take on that Julian Love role at some point down the line. And, you know, who's to say that Hawkins can't develop into a Julian Love, you know, it took Julian Love, what, almost four years or four years for before he finally cracked into the starting lineup. You know, you look at the situation at safety for the giants and, you know, they, they have Xavier McKinney who should be okay, you know, with that hand, but who's going to need a new contract at some point because he is entering the last year of his contract. They signed Bobby McCain to a one-year deal. They have Jason Pinnock on the roster. They have um, Trenton Thompson on the roster. They have um, Dane Belton on the roster. They needed depth at safety. So I'm not surprised that they went for a guy who was versatile enough to, to play corner and safety. Uh, again, like that Julian Love role, although Julian was more of a safety, very rarely played corner. So I like that pick as well. I thought it was a good value pick, uh, fill the need. You know, just overall, I think, you know, Joe Shane did a good job of marrying need with value across the board while leaving the team with some developmental picks in the seventh round. So just overall for me, a very, very solid draft by the Giants. The home run pick for me, John Michael Schmitz. Again, been screaming for a center for so long. Now I don't have to do it anymore. You don't have to listen to me scream for a center. A head scratcher pick, if I had to pick one, hard to say. I don't know if there really is a head scratcher pick. I guess I would say the one head scratcher for me in this draft is I thought they would add an edge rusher, but the fact that they didn't, Would suggest that a they didn't think the value was there when they went on the clock, and b maybe they think a little bit more of guys like Taman Fox and Ellerson Smith that I'm giving them credit for. So that was a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, You know, I know some people said, "Well, why didn't they draft a linebacker?" Well, folks, you know they they've got Bobby O'Carry who's going to be an every down linebacker. Jared Davis hopefully will be better than he was last year. Remember, Jared Davis came in and basically had to hit the ground running, didn't have time to learn the playbook. So with an offseason under his belt, hopefully he will be that more comfortable, much more comfortable in this defense. And then don't forget about Darian Beavers, who is coming back off of the ACL injury. Beavers is a thumper, all right? I don't think he's going to be asked to do much in the way of coverage if he's healthy and out there on the field. He's going to be more of that downhill linebacker. So I kind of said when I was you know, in, in the lead up to the draft that I didn't think linebacker was as big of a need for the Giants as some people thought it was. And, you know, again, I know the Giants have added some UDFAs, undrafted free agents at linebacker as we speak. Um, But I didn't think it was going to be that big of a need to where maybe they needed to, you know, get a Jack Campbell, who actually, actually, I think, went in the first round or, you know, uh, a Trenton Simpson or Henry Toa. So not surprised there, I guess. But overall, again, good job by Joe Shane. On paper, now we have to see what these guys do on the field. It all starts next weekend with the rookie minicamp. The rookies come in on Friday. They'll be on Friday, Saturday. I'll have reports and updates for you and video and all that good stuff, uh, which you can find on my Instagram account at Patty Traina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out Giants Country. We have a lot more stuff on the draft to do, which I'll have uh, for you on Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Lockdown Giants podcast. We'll be back Monday with a new episode, and I'm lining up guests for you guys to learn more about these draft picks. So hopefully you will keep it here, tuned in. Until next time, Giant fans, have a great one.